So, hello everyone. My name is Scott Bruder. This is my lovely wife, Suzanne. Hello, everyone. And this is Glory to God on the Go. So, we just want to start out by thanking everyone that has watched our previous Glory to God on the Goes and uh, that continue to watch our episodes. We want to thank you to the Woodlands Online for producing this for us. And uh, we just want to say thanks to Jesus for giving us the knowledge and the wisdom to uh, pour into us so that we can pour into you his living water. And uh, the last episode, we talked about how Jesus is the way, and we know that to be true. But in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit deeper into John. We're going to go a little further into John. John was the beloved of Jesus. And, and so we're going to talk about how, we're, oh, we're just going to talk about the true vine, right? So, but before we get started, I'm going to have my lovely wife pray for us. And so if you could, just pay attention, close your eyes, open your eyes, whatever you want to do, but just give your hearts to God in mm -hmm. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your word to heal us and deliver us mm -hmm. from our destructions. Thank you for the people that are listening to this. I pray the seeds go out, be fruitful, and multiply. Mm -hmm. I speak peace over everybody that's listening to this teaching, Lord, that's so important right now for this time, how we remain in the vine. So bless the reading of your word in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And so this is glory to God on the go. We have moved from, we have gone from inside the house mm -hmm. to outside the house. So there may be some noises. There might be a weed eater or something or a car driving by. We don't know, but we're in the backyard and we're enjoying it. It's a beautiful day. And so uh, we're just going to fill uh, you up with as much word as we can. So here we go. So let's get started and good old John 15. I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. um, we shared a lot of notes with each other, Suzanne and I did last night, so it was good. So here we go. So in John 15, it talks about the true vine. And so we're going we're gonna to jump right on in. So John 15 says, it starts with, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And in some other uh, versions of it, it says the gardener. Okay. So what does Jesus mean by, or when he says, I am the true vine? Well, it's very interesting. So as I was doing research for this, now we can go all the way back to Abraham, who uh, God uh, laid his, his, his beliefs in his, as his first child, right? Really beyond Adam and Eve after everything was done with Noah and he came back. He said, Abraham, you are going to have descendants as many as stars in the skies, which means you are going to bear fruit, right? And it's going to be good fruit. And, and he did, by the way. It was uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob had all kinds of good fruit come from his line. So we can talk more about that, but I don't want to go on too many rabbit trails. So what was Jesus talking about at this particular time when he's teaching his disciples? So at this time, when Jesus was there talking and teaching his disciples, he was talking about the Pharisees. He was saying that compared to the Pharisees, and not even really in comparison, but that he was the true vine and not what the Pharisees believed because the Pharisees, they were very uh, in touch with the law and they had to uphold the law. You had to uphold the law as a citizen, as a Hebrew, as an Israelite, and you had to make sure you were doing everything right. <clears throat> Which in fact, Jesus came down to save us from having to do everything right. Amen. Okay. Yeah. And so him being the true vine, you can go all the way back from to the, the Israelites that came out of Egypt, that Moses brought out of Egypt. And the Old Testament talks about how they were 
the vine. They were an extension of the vine. And Moses brought them out of Egypt, but what happened? They disobeyed him, right? And time and time again, the Israelis, the Hebrews, his chosen people disobeyed him, walked away from him, went to this idol, went to that God, okay? And God had to do something about that. So we're going to talk about that in the morning. However, with this particular time that he's talking about, the Pharisees, up on their soapboxes, up on their, 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 their horse, right? They were not truly the vine. When Jesus came, he became the vine, the true vine. So that's what he's talking about here. So as he's telling them, he says, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to my words because they all understood that he was the son of man. He was the chosen one. So it was very interesting. Also, when he says this, I am the true vine, as I was doing more research on this, I go back and this is actually the seventh time in John he says, I am. And we're going to talk about that here later. And it was very interesting that I am was also what God told Moses when Moses was up on the mountain talking to the burning bush. And Moses said, well, Lord, you, you give me these words. You want me to go down and tell all these people, you know, about what you're telling me. What, who, who do I say sent me? And he says, I am. Yeah. Which is really awesome. So anyway, so moving on into two. So he is the true vine, Jesus being the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. God takes away every branch that does not bear fruit. Now, this is common among all gardeners, and it allows the good branches to thrive because that is what we are to do. We are supposed to be good branches. We're supposed to be bearing fruit. Okay, We're going to get much deeper into this here in the next few lines. And then it continues to say, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, this is to ensure maximal fruit production. The divine vineyard keeper removes the dead branches and prunes all the other branches. Now, I will say, being pruned is not always fun. Matter of fact, it's rarely fun. You know, he is, and sometimes, and Suzanne and I have done this, we have asked the Lord when, when we're, we're just not in the right place or something's not going right or whatever, we're like, Lord, please prune us. Do something so that we can get out of this funk. It could be whether we might be in a bad season or um, we're just not going through something that, that just feels good. Um, you know, Lord wants us to be happy. He wants us to feel his joy. And, and, and sometimes we, we don't feel that. So we're like, Lord, please prune us. Now, mind you, us down. oh yeah, absolutely. branches will weigh you down. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So when we get pruned, it does not always feel good, and like I said, rarely feels good. However, in Hebrews six seven, this is good. Now remember, in every uh, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, and it may bear more fruit. So when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop, fruit for the farmer. It has God's blessing. Amen. Amen. So let's talk a little bit more deeper into the vine. So the vine, right, is in the ground. It has the roots. The roots reach the water. The water is feeding the vine. The vine is feeding the branches. Some of those branches aren't either being fed or they're taking some of that water to barely hang on or trickle on, right? 
those are some of the people that you know go to church on holidays and things like that, or they're 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 believers but not real followers, which the church is 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 full of them, uh, unfortunately. However, what we've seen to find is that those branches that are just kind of taking a little bit of water, when you pull those away, the other branches start bursting with fruit. Right? We've all seen it. When your trees start getting ugly and bad and they start getting dead limbs, what do you do? You call out a tree guy. He comes out, cuts off the old bad limbs, and your tree starts to get really green. It starts to flourish, and it's much stronger than it was before. That's exactly what he's saying right here in 15.2. It grows right. It does. It does. And then in Hebrews 6.7, it says that you're blessed when you bear fruit, which, again, that water that you're that the vine's drawing up, that's his living water. That's the word of God. Mm-hmm. The blessing is that God prunes us so that we can continue to bear more fruit for his kingdom, meaning that we are sharing the good news. We're sharing the gospel with people. And, and what is fruit that Jesus is talking about? Well, that is a great question. Suzanne, what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about? So in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Mm. How'd you like to have some of those fruits? Um, I would like to have more of the self-control fruit. Yes. Especially when I see like dessert. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, you know, love. Jesus came here to show us what the true meaning God wanted for us to hear here have here on earth and that is love that's all Jesus was about matter of fact when uh, we talked about the most important uh, commands when his disciples asked him what the most important commandments were he said to love your God and then to love others like yourself mm-hmm. right he so sure did. it's all about love right yes bearing fruit is going to require us to love others even people we may not like or that have done us wrong we have to forgive them. And we have yeah, to love yeah. them. You learn to love more when you learn to love the unlovable. Ooh, good word. Bam. That was really good. All right, so moving on. So now into 15.3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And he threw that in there. And I was like, what does that mean? So I do a little bit more research and I kind of had to back up a little bit and go into back into John 13 where Jesus washes their feet. So they became clean. And Peter was like, "Uh, Lord, you are not washing my feet. I'm not going to let you do that. I should be washing your feet. And Jesus tells him, no, Peter, I am a servant and, and being the son of man, I'm going to show you and humble myself. He doesn't say he's thinking this. I'm going to humble myself and wash your feet. I'm going to serve you because that is what the Lord asked me to do. He asked me to come and serve and to love. So he showed his love by cleaning their feet. I thought that was very interesting. I was like, what do you mean you're clean because of his word? I understand paying attention to what he's teaching and that we're, and we're becoming more clean. That gold vessel that he keeps shining up for us, right? The clay pot on the, on the potter's wheel that he keeps shaping. He's cleaning us up. I get that as long as we stay in his word and abide in him and continue to push towards him. I can see that. And then with the cleaning of the feet, I was like, what? Well, he was setting an example of all the fruits of the spirit. Yes. Oh. All in one. Humility before honor, you know. I mean, he's 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 doing 
something that rabbis won't they're mm. not they're not supposed to do and he's the teacher yeah the rabbi and here he goes to wash peter's feet and all the disciples feet so Ooh, that's good nice man you were just bam throwing it out there that is awesome she's so pretty so and let's go into number four abide in me and i in you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me now first of all i want to talk about who was not a good example of abiding in him during this time judas oh judas you thief and scoundrel um you know we all know who judas iscariot was right you know jesus picked him to be part of the group in hopes that judas would turn his ways that he would abide in him i don't think judas ever did abide in him you know he stole out of the out of the money that he was in charge of for the group and 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 eventually gave jesus up to the pharisees he had opportunities he had many opportunities to 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 turn around and and, and, you know, Jesus obviously knew what was going to happen. God knew what was going to happen, but it all had to happen for a reason, right? And so um, you, ooh, you had a good word about being united. That's on this right. One. In some translations of the Bible, instead of abide or remain in me, they use the word united. And the root word of united is uno, one. Hmm. So, you know, Jesus is the bridegroom. We're the bride, mm-hmm. the church, you know, we're going to marry each other one day. So, you know, becoming one, like a marriage and the two became one flesh and one mind and one accord, one spirit. Mm. You know, if we keep Jesus, Jesus's words in our heart, you know, we're uniting with him. We're uniting and coming into agreement mm-hmm. and coming into one with mm-hmm. his word, what his word says over us and mm-hmm. blesses us and washes us. And cleans us, you know. Hmm, so that's good. Uh, we unite. How are some of the ways that we unite with Jesus? Well, first off, we don't conform to the world, hmm. but we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We unite with Jesus by staying connected to Him, connected to the vine in prayer and communing with Him. Those who stay united with Jesus and connected to the vine, they'll bear much fruit. So the closer you are to Jesus, the tighter woven in that you are with the vine, Jesus, the root, more fruit, mm-hmm. more fruit, more Jesus, more peace, more love, more joy. You know, in any areas of your life that you don't, you're not experiencing those, you need to ask the Father, where am I detaching from the vine at in that area of my life? So he'll let you know. He'll tell you. That's huge. And you know, it's, it's very easy to see throughout the Bible how the Israelites constantly fell away from God. They were constantly not abiding in Him. And what happened when they wouldn't abide in Him? Turmoil. They get the, they, Jerusalem gets destroyed. They got taken by the Babylonians. Oh my God, just time and time again. The, the fight with the Philistines happened for years and years and generations and generations and so forth and so on because they kept falling away. And then God would come in swoop them up and say, okay, you're going to be good for a while. And then they'd say, yes, thank you, Lord. And then they'd fall away again. Every time they would not abide in him, something bad would happen. Every time. It's a good way we can examine our own lives, our own selves, you know, our our own thoughts. If things aren't going good, Mm -hmm. sit back and ask, where have I detached from the vine? 
So how did God deal with them when they would do that? He'd cut them from the vine. Matter of fact, in Ezekiel 6, it even talks about, and this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Jerusalem are like grapevines growing among the trees of the forest. Since they are useless, I have thrown them into the fire to be burned. And I will see to it that if any of them escape from one fire, they will fall into another. When I turn against them, you will know that I am the Lord and I will make the land desolate because my people have been unfaithful to me. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Now, I can tell you in our life, um, except, well, even in the past three years when we got saved three years ago and, and, and the Lord miraculously did some healing in us, uh, the, both of us, um, you know, we turned from a lot of the things that were really keeping us from, well, we were branches burning, basically. Oh, yeah, we were withering. Absolutely. We were no, not withering. We were in a fire. And yeah. then we'd jump into another fire, and he'd throw us into another fire. And even though we thought things were good and that everything was hunky-dory and, 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 and so forth and so on, it wasn't. There was a hole in our hearts that we couldn't fill with whatever we were trying to accomplish or whatever we were trying to do, the way that we were trying to live, and it just wasn't working because we were so far from the vine our branch was so desolate. Parched. Oh, parched. Yeah, we weren't getting any of the living water. We were believers, but we weren't very good followers, right? We were fans of the game, but we weren't in the game. And and that's what really uh, kept us far from him. And I mean, we got to a point where, as many of you know, our, our testimony, um, but once we got back into our branch being connected to the vine, and getting that water, even though a little bit at a time at the beginning, a little bit at a time, and then more and more, our branch started to blossom. We started to produce fruit. And, and you can see the blessings that God has bestowed on us because we have reconnected with him. A shift happened in our life, and we were able to absorb that water. We were able to absorb his word. We were able Amen. to take it into our hearts mm-hmm. and give it to others. Because that's exactly what this is all about. It's about giving what we learn and what we feel and what we experience into giving to others. That is the fruit, the seeds that we plant, the fruit that we produce. Woo! I know. And it had to happen like kind of slowly when you look at a potted plant or mm-hmm. or a tree. If you pour a whole gushing amount of water on top of it, it could break a branch. Mm-hmm. It could drown it. It could mm. make it fall over make the soil splash out of the pot. So we just had to, he was gentle with us. You know, he just slowly poured yes, the water on yes. us. And we just, you know, things started just getting green and yeah. fertile. And fruit. Know, the fruit started happening. Not fruit. not instantaneously. No. There was a process, yeah. but, you know, we had to have some stuff taken off. And this goes right into verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting is is this is is real discipleship. Complete dependence on Christ is everything. Our lives should be Christ-sufficient and not self-sufficient. This is the only way to bear fruit and truly be a disciple. Our righteousness should come from what we do in his name and not self-righteousness. 
The Pharisees thought they were so righteous because they had the word. They knew the word. They knew the whole Torah. They knew all of this. And, and, and they wore really nice outfits, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were defiled on the inside. And they were defiled. Tombs. Yes, whitewashed tombs. Matter of fact, Jesus even said when they were testing him one time, Jesus said, um, yes, you, you do have a God. You have a, fi- a, a father and it's Satan. And so he, he knew because these guys were not following the true love God wanted them to teach people, right? So it was it's it's true discipleship is being self-sufficient in Christ. Or being Christ sufficient, not self-sufficient. Sorry, I said that wrong. So or self-righteous. That is not good. So the prophets of the Old Testament knew there would come a time. Isaiah 27 6. The time is coming when Jacob's descendants will take root. Israel will bud and blossom. And fill the whole earth with fruit. So God knew that Israel one day, or a descendant of Jacob, Jesus, was going to come and obviously fill the world with fruit. And that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And in 6 it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. And Hebrews 6 says, But if... A, but if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Ugh. I used to have this, I guess, self-righteous or self-sufficient saying that if it's meant to be, it's up to me, which is so far from the truth. Because truly, if it's meant to be, it's up to he who gives it to me. Yeah. And I have... I've come to realize, realize that. So, um, for your grace. Yes, thank you. So, how do we become fruitless? What What are the things that make us fruitless? Things that can make us fruitless are cares of the world, not seeking Him, not seeking godly counsel, seeking uh, opinions of people that are not even attached to the vine. News, paying attention to the news mm-hmm. and social media mm-hmm. um, that can actually feed the cares of the world. Mm. That you know that that's that's how you can start to become fruitless because you start to take on burdens and worries and concerns about your children, about your marriage, mm-hmm. about tomorrow. You know where 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 does your help come from? Your help should come from the Lord. You know, this would be fruitless. These would be branches that are starting to uh, die and wither because you're you're detaching away from Jesus. You're pulling yeah. away from him. You're going away. So you got to get back into the vine and back into Jesus. Things that become um, burdens become dead branches. Mm. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Let Jesus remove those branches of burdens that do not produce fruit. Yes. Sometimes they can be relationships that you've had for a long time. They can be a job that's not going anywhere. Um, He he can use, you know, family relationships, move things out the way so that you can prosper and you can come closer to me, to him. Sometimes we just get um, blinded because we seek things that are not of God. And good word. We need to we need to get to him, right? That's right. Absolutely. 
And, and as we do that, we, it just goes right into uh, 15.7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, okay, his teaching, his words, you will ask what you desire and it should be done for you. And one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 37.4. And it says, take delight in the Lord. Abide in the Lord. Okay, so I'm just, it's, I'm going to read it first. So it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord. To me, that sounds like if I abide in the Lord, I do what he asks me to do. I pay attention. I, 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 I go to church. I, I, I listen to his words. I read his word. I, I strive to be more like him on a regular basis. Well, then he's going to give me the desires of my heart. We have been so blessed over the last three years. I, I could go down a whole two-hour rabbit trail of all the blessings that he's given us. Not that we haven't had trials, because God will test you, but he will never tempt you. So when we go through these trials, we have to thank him for these trials because they're learning moments for us, right? And, and it's not all happy joy. Well, we want the joy all the time. Happy and joy are two different things, but we, we want to make sure that we're staying with him, that we're thanking him for the good and the bad. Because when we do that, then he's going to shove more good our way, right, than he is going to the bad. And some of that bad is self-inflicted, right? We, we just, we happen to do it. We're fleshy, you know, we're worldly in a lot of cases, uh, but it does happen. Count it all joy. Oh, count it all joy. Yes, ma'am. So moving on into eight. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. And so you had John on this one, John 8, 31. I have I John 8, 31. Yes. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, mm. and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus is faithful and true. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. Mm. You know, we need to learn how to abide in Jesus, the vine. We can put on the mind of Christ. That means think, you know, set our mind on things above and not on earthly things. Mm -hmm. That means, you know, uh, get into the living word of God every day, put on the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. That means think like Jesus. Mm -hmm. You would look into the living word of God and say, I'm created in his image. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and start thinking mm. that about yourself. You'll be an Im imitator of Christ. He, the, the Bible's given us the whole Ooh, path, the whole way um, on how to imitate Jesus. You know, you need to continually evaluate your heart and ask yes. yourself, what am I abiding in? Oh, that's good. Do I abide in shopping sports worldly things worldly things you know uh, pride mm. offense mm. strife what are you abiding in you need mm. to unite in the truth with the vine so you know jesus is the author and finisher of our faith and when we trust in the lord with all our heart and lean on him for understanding and not our own we'll have wisdom and we'll prosper in all things and be in health just as our soul prospers yes Oh, so good. And it just kind of a reminder of Philippians 4.13 says uh, positively that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things through Christ and Jesus. Everything is possible. Amen. So we have to just live by that. Mm. So why did God create man in the first place? Because he wanted to be glorified. 
He wanted us to abide in him. He wanted us to need him. And when we sway away from him, it does. It makes him upset. He is a jealous God. There is no doubt about that. And it's very interesting that we continue to stray away. And the Israelites and his people, his chosen people, strayed away. But he keeps coming back. Thank There's, God. There, yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God, no pun intended. There is nothing we can do beside uh, uh, the denouncing him. There's nothing we can do that he won't say, I love you. And I'll bring you back. I'll take you back into my arms. It's just like any father who would want their son to come back after they've been astray for a while. There's a whole other story about that in the Bible, too, mm-hmm. about the prodigal son. So we can talk about that, too. So, um, and, and so we're going to move right into nine. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Mm-hmm. So when we abide in his love, we receive the same gift that Jesus received from the Father. And what was that? We know that Jesus went through the whole situation of being crucified at the cross to take it of our sins. He took the lashes on his back to take and feel what man was going to go through. He absorbed all of the sin, pain, disease, illness, everything on that cross. The moment before he died, he he absorbed all of that from past time to future time. And we can't imagine pain like that. But when he took that all upon himself, he relieved us of our sin, of our pain, of our illness for eternity. So what did the father do? He resurrected him from the dead to have eternal life at the right hand of the father. The same is meant for us. It's meant for us to be when it's all over to be resurrected to be with him at the right hand and the right of the father to abide in him so that we can have eternal life because we know when we do that and we abide in him, we listen to his commandments. We understand that we are here to spread his word, the good news and the gospel, right? That we will have forever eternal life with the father and with Jesus. He'll be our brother, right? Still going to have dad, but Jesus is going to be our brother. I think that's so exciting. I'm excited. So as Jesus spoke, the vines hung heavy with ripened fruit throughout the region. His listeners understood the significance of the vine and the dependency the branches had to the source of nutrition and water. Jesus is the vine. He is our source of life. Life today and life everlasting. And Suzanne, you had one more. Ephesians. I just want to leave you guys with Ephesians 4.1 for you to meditate on this and think about this. It kind of wraps a lot of this up. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called mm. with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and mm. one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Mm-hmm. So become one in unity with the true vine and get connected to Jesus. Yes. Woo, thank you. That was good. So earlier I talked about Jesus that when he is the he says, I am the true vine, that was the seventh of seven I am's in John. So I'm going to quickly go through 
the first six. And he says, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Again, abiding in him and will never thirst, will never hunger. That's John 6, 3, 5. When Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Ooh, I want the light of life. Mm-hmm. And that's John eight twelve. And then he says, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures. John ten nine. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. That's John ten eleven, John uh, and John eleven twenty five and then twenty six. He says, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live." Again, that's the eternal life that we're talking about. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. But you should believe this. And then in John fourteen six, it says, "Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one comes to the Father except through me. And then, of course, the next he says, I am the vine. So I just hope that y'all got something out of this, that Jesus is the way. He is the vine. He is the bread. He is the light. He is the door. He is the resurrection and life. And that through him, we get to see the Father. I'm excited about that. So I just want to say thank you. My goodness, wonderful job. You did a great job. You had some really powerful punches in there. Good, good Jesus jabs. So we just want to say thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yes, thank you to you for doing such a great job. This is Glory to God on the Go, produced by Woodlands Online. We want to thank them very much. Give us a good like on in Facebook, thumbs up, double thumbs up, the little uh, love sign, whatever other little emojis that are in there, and uh, share this with as many people as you can. Hopefully it will touch somebody's heart. Be fruitful and multiply. Oh, yes. Thank you. So, Lord, we just thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the fruit that you have given us. We thank you for the living water that grows through the vine into the branches and produces the fruit that gets passed on and seeds get planted and gets watered and new vines are created, Lord. So we just thank you so much for what you do for us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings. And we thank you for all of you people out there that are watching and listening. And we do all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great evening, and we'll see you next time. Glory to God on the go. Thumbs up. Give it a like. Thanks.